You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lewin Markell. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. You guys, I finally upgraded my mic stand. Upgrade. Upgrade. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the same one that Travis has, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I just think... Just a different color. Yeah, I think yeah. everything's about the same. It's just... Yeah, I got black. Yeah, and it's it's quite nice because like it matches your mic because your mic is like the dark teal and Travis's is silver. So when I eventually get one, I'm just gonna go off the rails and get like pink. <laughs> It'll be fun. If yeah. they have pink. I will paint it if they don't. I mean they do have metal paints. They or, do. Yeah. Or alternatively I'll Whatever just Whatever kind like, of metal this is, I mean put, I mean it's still metal. Yeah. I mean you could probably put like duct tape around like aluminum the maybe. Arm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to live blog, uh, or sorry, I don't know why I said live blog. I don't even. Uh, che- uh, check, the, uh, check the mic stand live on the air right now. Uh, live on the air on our pre-recorded? Yes. Look, I don't need your you guys' judgment. All right, so. I mean, I'm not judging you. I'm just pointing out the way you're saying is incorrect. <laughs> that's not judgment. I mean, that's fair. That's fair, actually. Um, I only found silver and black. Yeah. Oh, well, dang. So we will actually... Custom. We'll actually have... If you want a color, we can paint it, though. Like, with... Because, I mean, it's just, like, a piece of metal and some, like... Oh, my bad. Uh, Let's test the shock mount. (laughs) We tested it. It's just, like, a piece of metal and then, like, the um, the banding to keep it, like... Like, it's a shock mount, so it, it absorbs shock. Oh, my God. I'm going to, like, keep my arms crossed right in front of me and not do you anything. You need to sit completely still and not move at all. Yeah, pretty much. No, I mean, to be fair, I really just wanted to be a contrarian and be kind of a jerk because you guys have, like, these nice neutral colors that match your mics. But my other least favorite thing to do, besides just, like, go with the flow and be normal, is to put in effort, so... I'm not going to. I literally just volunteered to do the effort for you. That's my third least favorite thing to do is to let other people do things that I should be able to do. You hate doing a lot of things. Yeah, I I honestly just I hate doing things like not doing things is my favorite thing to do. And also not letting people do things for you. Precisely. I just want nothing done. Okay. Ever. Ever. Just nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing gets done. (laughs) Is there anything you do like doing? Hmm. I do like talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, well, yeah. that's actually probably mostly it. And playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, and thinking about Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of Dungeons and Dragons, unfortunately. What? Uh, today is not quite about Dungeons and Dragons so much as this is going to be our first Pathfinder episode. Click. Yep. <laughs> we just lost I, about 10% of our listeners. Uh, at least. Um,. Mm. 
Just real quick, in case there's somebody out there who doesn't know what Pathfinder is, Pathfinder was a, or is, a tabletop role-playing game that was created by Paizo based on the 3.5 system by Wizards of the Coast. So it is... The Wizards then? Yes, it was It, it was, was Wizards. Wizards? Okay. Yeah. I believe that Wizards of the Coast bought uh, Dungeons and Dragons during third edition. I think that's what I was reading. It, it was. I, I read a lot of articles about the history of Dungeons and Dragons, like as a company recently. Anyways, the whole thing is uh, based around three point five, and it's released under open licensing. So, like, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. And actually, our first campaign. Together, like not all of our first campaigns, but our first campaign together was in Pathfinder. Yeah, it was. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. I should preface this with this isn't necessarily a history episode, like a lore episode. This is going to be more of a setup episode to kind of discuss a particular part of the world of Pathfinder that I have planned to then go later into lore as far as, like, the cities and stuff that are within this region. Okay, so there will be more future Pathfinder episodes. Okay, yes. we thought the, the like, Eberron thing was crazy, that it's like, yeah, we're going to take three episodes to talk about, like, the early history of Eberron, but, like, we need an additional setup episode before we even get into the history. And see, the only reason why I feel like we need an additional setup episode is while Pathfinder is very popular, I still don't think it's as popular as D&D, so a lot of our listeners, especially since we came out as D&D lore, mm-hmm. might not know too much about Pathfinder. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense. And speaking of which... To any of our listeners who are not interested in this because it's not about Dungeons & Dragons, totally understand. You don't have to listen to this episode. Just remember to come back next week for a Dungeons & Dragons episode. Like, Yeah, but also for people who may not know, like, a ton about Pathfinder and, like, think that that might impact your interest, like, maybe it won't. Because they're still very similar. Yeah, like, I I think that if you are on the fence on, on, like, whether or not you want to listen to... This episode, I think you should give it a listen because Pathfinder, like I came, my first introduction into Dungeons and Dragons, not necessarily tabletop, but into like D&D and the D20 system mm-hmm. was 5e. But going from 5e to Pathfinder, while very different, was like still, it, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was very, like I... I could get into it just with my background knowledge on Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, you know, it's, still got elves and dragons. Oh yeah, it still has a lot of the core races because, like you said, it's still big numbers based yeah. on three point five. Three point five. So yeah. and, you still have some yeah very similar things. It's just this is a whole other world with its own nonsense. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's um, oh, so much nonsense. Yeah. It and there was a lot. There's a lot of overlap, but there's also a lot of unique stuff. So it's it's its own thing, but it's not completely inaccessible if your only like history with tabletop is Dungeons and Dragons. And yes. they're still doing stuff with Pathfinder because they are working on Pathfinder Second Edition. Yes, we actually have the playtest book in our home. Now that being said, we won't ever be playing Pathfinder again, at least not as a mainstay thing. But we might do some one shots with your old characters just because it could be fun. <gasps> yeah. Oh yay. yay! But 
That being said, let's go ahead and look into what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. More specifically, you guys will be a little bit in the know of some of this because we're talking about the region that your guys' campaign took place in. It's the River Kingdoms of Pathfinder. I'm going to be sad. Now, that being said, keep in mind that whenever I was writing the campaign, I took the very outline of the River Kingdoms and fucked it all up. Yeah, that sounds like you. I created our world with like the bones of the River Kingdoms, but I ignored pretty much every aspect of it, minus a few things that I was like, that's kind of cool, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. And yeah. So the all the, the flesh and the... It was a homebrew River Kingdoms. It was a homebrew River Kingdoms. It's like when you find a recipe. And then you just tweak it all to hell. Yeah. Pretty with much. like basic, like a couple of basic core ingredients in there. Exactly. Yeah. So um, just real quick, the River Kingdoms rests on the continent of Avistan. <laughs> Avistan. Uh-huh. The, the, sure. Sure. These are all new words to me. Yes, because I didn't name our continent that either. I don't remember what I named our I continent. I remember Itrius. Itrius. Okay, because I remember what you named the other one that Drella came from. Yeah. Drella was my half-orc character from Pathfinder, who was from the continent Drios, which I'm guessing is not where half-orcs actually come from. No, and um, to be more specific, the world of Pathfinder is on the planet called Galorian, mm-hmm. which consists of eight different continents. Oh. I mean, why are you saying, oh, we have seven? I think because I'm so used to where the Forgotten Realms many? now. Yeah. Faerun is kind of like the, I mean, there aren't that many continents in, Tor- in Abir Toral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also because whenever we played it, you guys had two continents. That we knew, at least. I well, we never were, we planned were, on making more. It we was were pretty stupid. Two. So, we, we, <laughs> but like there were probably other continents. We just didn't know that they were there. Oh Jesus! It was very Itriocentric, <laughs> kind of like that problem the real world has. Oh, so um, Galorian is the third planet out of eleven. Oh wow. Getting into, like, actual planetary alignments. Yeah. Like, this actually has a planetary alignments and stuff around its star or sun. sun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. What's the sun called? What's the sun's name, Travis? Um, The sun. Joe. Oh. <laughs> its name is Joe. Okay, Joe is officially my favorite Pathfinder NPC. <laughs> All right. Good we're to gonna, know. We're going to come back and bother him ten more times. Good to know. So... Avistan is one of the more heavily settled continents in Galorian. Right. Mm -hmm. And it has seen the rise and fall of, like, several great empires, like the Chelyx and the Taldor. And then there are obviously some, like, the ancient and lost civilizations that are around. These are all topics that will be covered later on. Mm-hmm. Right. But just know, like, war happened and stuff. Yeah, war this is stuff and... that happened. We're going to be focused more specifically on the River Kingdoms area. Okay. Uh, it is known as the River Kingdoms because it's There's basically... The Selen River, to be exact. Oh. The Selen River basically flows throughout the entire kingdom. It kind of, like, bleeds into the lakes and stuff and eventually empties out into the inner sea. So it's kind of like the uh, the Nile or the... Yeah, it's just a giant mm-hmm. river that pretty much everyone uses for... Their stuff. Their transport stuff. Transport and... You know, 
Or the Mississippi, or that's how because like that's how society happens. Yeah, like you, 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 yeah, pretty much. You settle on a water source, and that's how you spread out eventually when technology advances. But you start there because that's the easiest way to get stuff to each other. Right. So it actually states, which is um one reason why this isn't going to be specific history mm-hmm. is that it states that there's actually not a lot of actual written history in this land because of how many times the land changes ownerships people gave up on trying to keep track of it all oh my god okay let me just interrupt you for one second oh god okay i appreciate that in terms of like a dm can do whatever they want i understand like you want to have as much open for DMs and players as possible. I appreciate that. But the reasoning is shit because I know (laughs) anthropologists and um, archaeologists and scholars. Like, realistically, there would have been people that would have been trying to keep track of that shit. Oh, yeah. Like, there's something... There are people who, like... This would excite them, the fact that it changes hands so much, that they would in spite, like, literally to spite everyone else, keep track of everything. I'm just saying. I know people too well. that, And (laughs) and I specifically know people whose job it is to keep track of history too well. I, yeah, I was friends with an an actual, like, someone who was going to school to study anthropology, and I'm pretty sure that if she, like heard that that was a real-world location, she'd be like, I'm going to move there, and I'm going to learn everything. <laughs> well, she wouldn't learn much. Aw. Dang. Except for what she could record from the time she moved there, I guess. Yeah. Or what she was able to dig up. Or that, yeah. So, in the fair distant past... Mm-hmm. Fair distant didn't necessarily specify. I'm going to assume that this was probably, like, a long time ago. Yeah, like, maybe fair distant means, like, a couple, like, several hundred years. Yeah, it might be, like, several like hundred years, or maybe just, like, a far distant... Who knows? Either way. Wait, fair distant or far distant? Yes. those are two different things. What? I'm just saying it didn't specify. It just... Oh, okay. Okay. It, it could be, like, fair distant in terms of, like, a time frame of the universe, or fair as in, like... Time frame of civilization. Yeah. And in this case, I'm going to say probably just civilization. Charmingly nonspecific. Because it did say that forests covered much of Avistan, and then elves were actually the dominant race at this point. Hell yeah, they were. (laughs) Those motherfuckers. Um, Those motherfuckers. They usually are at the beginning. Yeah. It's because they live for fucking ever. This is true. Yeah. So it was... Basically nothing but just like forests and rivers and streams and fey creatures and wild creatures. Lions and tigers. A very and bears. Uh, oh my. thank you. Very uh, beautiful place. And like but like wild though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the lands were mostly used by high nobles as hunting grounds and for sport. High nobles. To them they called it Telverin. Which like in their the, language means something. The shifting lands. Oh, I like it. That sounds cool. At some point, the elves finally left. Like, they, I guess, just kind of decided to move on. Yeah. Humans came in and kind of took over, started to explore the lands, and shockingly, didn't really get along with the lizard folk or the frogmen. What? Wow. Or any of the fey creatures. Humans? Humans? 
not getting along with other races in Dungeons and Dragons. Who Pathfinder. Fuck. Yep. You got me. And yeah. uh, this started numerous conflicts with all of the local creatures mm-hmm. and allowed for more of the um, uncivilized humans to move in. If you can't tell, he did air quotes just then. Yeah. If you couldn't hear the inflection. The air quotes in his voice, if you will. Yes. So that basically means that the River Kingdoms specifically are more of a place for land pirates, exiles, slaves, or former slaves. Right. Bandits, barbarians, pretty much anyone that couldn't make it in a civilized society or that, like, escaped slavery or got exiled. Someone who either couldn't make it in civilization or didn't want to. Exactly. Okay. Thieves, whatever. That's kind of what settled in the River Kingdoms. Fun. Yeah. Uh, Bandits. It's Australia. It's it's Outback. Oh. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Bandits in particular have a very strong presence in the River Kingdoms. Um, Which, if I recall, was something you kept in our campaign. Yes. Yeah. Bandits were a very notable thing, and that's actually why Fort Inevitable... Which was the basically the big center of our campaign. Yep. That is kind of why no one wanted to mess with Fort Inevitable, because they moved in and fought the bandits and kind of just said, fuck you. So they were like the singular kind of stronghold against Pretty that. much. Okay. Against like the bandits in that area from where they were. Okay. Um, even though the bandits had such a strong presence, they were never able to kind of like unify into a cohesive group. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they did, it was most likely just because... They would, like, easily overpower most of the other cities and states that were there. And it didn't last long because then the leaders of the band of tribes would turn against each other and backstab each other and it would just fall apart almost immediately. As you do. If they ever unified, it was really to help maybe protect against a bigger threat, but... It it was short term. It was very short term. They just didn't do anything. Uh, One of the biggest issues caused from all these bandit lords fighting is that food actually became very valuable. Right. I mean, yeah. So much so that most people don't raise livestock because they're scared of getting robbed and murdered over... Cows and shit. The cows and the sheeps and whatever they're raising. Mm -hmm. So food is a pretty valuable commodity here. So I assume there's a lot of, like... Like, in an unintentional vegetarians in the area, basically. Losers. (laughs) Losers. And, like, I'm uh, I'm assuming more often than not wild game and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah most meat is substantiated by wild game rather than by farming. Those who do farm... Squirrels and shit. Yeah, those who do farm and rave livestock usually have <laughs> a better sense of defense or yeah. are protected by whoever their rulers are. So they're either money or they work for the money. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. They're in with the mob. Um, (laughs) By the mob, I just mean, like, one particular group of bandits, probably. Murder, robbery, all very common along all the roads of the River Kingdoms. Makes sense. (laughs) Uh, There's not one ruler over this whole land. Depending on where you go depends on who rules and what the rules are. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, like city-states? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of city-states. Most are 
just ravaged by constant fighting. Um, any group that manages to survive long enough to become strong enough to fight kind of just spends their time fighting. Yeah. Because they're rising, other people are seeing it, they're like, we need to stop them. Yeah. And it just kind of goes in this vicious circle mm-hmm. constantly. Uh, like, um, ancient Greece comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a few things that can actually bring all of them together. Money. And that, <laughs> actually, not even that. Oh. This is a threat from Galt, Numeria, or Resmirin. Which, uh, Galt is a land that was once part of the Chelix nation that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they revolted, became its own blah, blah, blah. As you do. And they're not actually part of the River Kingdoms either. Mm -hmm. So, if they decide to try to invade the River Kingdoms, they'll all, like, kind of try to unify to stop them. Because they don't want to be taken over by outside forces. motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing kind of with Numeria, except for they're kind of just full of barbarian tribes, uh, mercenaries, even some automatons. Cool. Yeah, that that like cool. they they can be sent by their creators to go do numerous things. Like defend. Yeah. Uh, Resmiran was a violent river kingdom, but was taken over by Resmir, mm-hmm. who was a petty tyrant, but he basically... Pretended to be a god. Okay. Mm, okay. Cool. Um, it's not currently a part of the Road Kingdoms, but by some reckoning it is. I guess depending on who you talk to, they'll say it is. Most people say it's not. Some say it is. Who knows? Either way, these three places, if they ever try to attack the River Kingdoms, they'll generally unify to stop them because they don't want to be taken over. Right. Mm-hmm. Not like that. So, oddly enough... Even given how this is, there is actually something that kind of, like, it's a set of rules, basically, that all the River Kingdoms mostly follow. It's called the Six River Freedoms. Okay. I like the name. They're listed in order of importance, starting with the least important being, say what you will, I live free. Okay. I mean, that seems pretty important. I I like that. That seems like the overarching summary. Most people don't see this as important as the other ones. Basically, you can say what you want about the government, and most rulers won't do anything about it because if you start trying to control what people are saying, people are going to revolt against you and murder you. Right. Yeah, naturally. Mostly, it's kind of like bards that use this freedom more than anything for... Obvious reasons. Yeah, for their obvious reasons. A little bit more important, oath breakers die. Oh. Hmm. Um, in a place where there's so much backstabbing, making an oath to someone is a huge deal. Okay. I was thinking like paladin oath breaker, but I assume that that's basically the same thing. They, I mean, they would die too because they break, broke an oath. Do they even have paladins? <laughs> Probably. Because um, it seems like a very unholy type. Yes. I mean, I'm sure there are. But... There are paladins somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, they're in some. They're all from some little convent, and they're just running around the River <laughs> Kingdoms being judgy. <laughs> so, this freedom basically gives the people the ability to persecute any person who breaks their oath. So, you pledge an oath to someone, and then you don't keep it. They're allowed to kill you. Oh, I think that's interesting. That like that's where, like that's where the definition is. Like you could, <laughs> like you could backstab somebody just. 
you know, for whatever, and it's not a big deal. But it's like as soon as an oath gets involved, it's like a big deal. Yeah. And also, like, imagine having to prove that you didn't break an oath. Like, that you never took the oath to begin with. Right, and having to try to figure out how to... Prove your innocence. Prove your innocence, yeah. It'd be kind of ridiculous to try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, next to that, we have walk any road and float any river. Basically, it blocks people from being able to set up blockades on roads or rivers or to charge tolls for crossing them. Okay. But it's totally okay to hang out on the side of the road and rob people. Yes. Um, there <sighs> is actually a... An addendum? Six freedom for that. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, we'll get there. God damn it. <laughs> See, not even like a subheading, not even like, you know, uh, f- you know, number Free- four, clause A, page 57. It's a complete separate freedom. It's a whole It's a complete thing. separate freedom. Okay. So uh, a little bit more important than that one is courts are for kings. This one holds that all laws in the river kingdoms are flexible and the rulers of a kingdom may do as they wish. And anyone, including a prince or a king from another kingdom who visits someone else's, are bound by their laws, not the ones that they came from. Okay. Hmm. So you have to be very careful when you go from one place to another. Yeah, no diplomatic immunity. Fuck you. Because while one thing might be legal here, you cross the border and now it's not legal and you do it, you're bound by their laws, your laws aren't going to help you. Yeah. Your ruler's probably not going to help you. They're just going to look at you and be like, sorry. You fucked up. You should have known. And I'm guessing <clears throat> this uh, this thing about the freedoms, it's over all of the uh, the laws. Like, the freedoms matter more than the laws. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one is actually going to probably confuse the two of you a little bit. Okay. Because of our uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. Slavery is an abomination. Okay, yeah, there were definitely okay. slaves. No, you know what? That that to me actually just... Well, no, I'll let you explain a little more, actually. Um, so by estimates, more than one-third of all the people living in the river kingdoms were once slaves. Right, like, don't get me wrong. It makes sense why, why they would say that. It's yeah. just confusing <clears throat> because we had a campaign taking place in the river kingdoms where there were slaves that were that we did work to free, but like, mm-hmm. and one of our one of our players definitely adopted a former slave, adopted like a teenage girl that that had like this was before that we, I started playing, but that had been freed from slavery by the party. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that definitely happened. So this kind of bounces back to the one right before this, even though this is considered more important. The courts are for kings. Rulers are able to do as they wish. So basically... So while for the most part, slavery is an abomination to most, in places like Fort Inevitable, where the ruler says slavery is legal, it's kind of legal. So in that case, like... Every it's it's basically it's legal there, but if they were to go anywhere else and just not come back... Like the slaves, uh, they would be considered free they people. They would be considered free people. And or also like if the um let's say that the ruler of Fort Inevitable went to another city with the slave and the slave like got away, 
ruler couldn't do anything to get her slave back. No, not... I love how... <laughs> not legally. I love the example that you were very clearly thinking of in your head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> not legally. So, okay, so it's one of those things where basically if everyone wanted to band together against for inevitable to free all the slaves, they would be allowed to buy the slavery as an abomination at, like, freedom. <laughs> Sorry. But the uh, courts, you can't fight them within Fort Inevitable. But if you were to, like, throw down Fort Inevitable, yeah. Yeah, if you wanted to burn Fort Inevitable to the ground, sure. But you can't go in and try to, like, plead your case like, look, slavery should be ab- ab- abolished. Outlawed, yeah. abolished. I mean, Drovis is just going to look at you like, yeah, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Because her law stands in <clears throat> her city, but it's not the same. Basically, anytime anyone were were to leave, they would be within their right to escape slavery. So they're right. hypocrites, basically. Yeah. For inevitable, I yeah. Mean, it's okay. It's like it's a little For more complicated. Is full of them. Okay, it's a little like <clears throat> it's a little more complicated than that. But that was what I was thinking. Was it's like okay, yeah, they're gonna say slavery's bad, but they're it's still gonna exist, and everyone's just gonna be like, oh, that sucks. I guess. Well, and the thing is, is I can nothing we can do about it, Obi Wan. I can see it being like a well, we want to do something about it, but they're way they're they're way too powerful right now. Yeah. So like it, maybe in the future we'll have the ability to do so, or if they get away, we're certainly not going to. Or if the slaves take get away, back, yeah. we're certainly not going to let them take them back. But there's yeah. nothing we can do right now. Yeah. Yep. And going to the last and more important one, the most important that they consider. Is called You Have What You Hold. Okay, so I'm guessing that's the uh, kleptomania clause. <laughs> I mean, kinda. So <laughs> this one is a little deceiving in its name. Um, this kind of draws the line of the moral distinction between what is straight up theft and what is robbery. It's more preferable to be able to face down your robber and have a fighting chance than it is for you to turn around and steal behind their back. This law basically gives you the right and kind of is recognized by all to, if you're going to steal from someone, give them the chance to fight you for it. Okay, so basically they you have to f- fight. If you're going to be a thief, you have to be good at fighting and you can't just be a really good pickpocket. Right. Or you can't break into somebody's house while they're out. Right. You yeah. have to duel them in the street for it. And this <laughs> or is, duel them in their living room. And this is where robbery along the roads comes in. Oh. So while, you know, they can't set up blockades and stuff to say, hey, you have to pay the toll. They can hide in the little, like, uh, like side forest and, like, jump out and kill you and take your shit. Right. As long as they have a fighting chance, this law kind of protects them. That's... Shitty, but also like kind of a cool law if it, that yeah. makes sense. Like, okay, these are all like kind of like I say all like it, it, like this is the structure for a pretty shitty society, I would say, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah and I don't think I specified this specifically, but these <clears throat> these laws are specifically for kind of like outside of the ruling city-state, like, limits. It's kind of for, like, the land itself. Right. Yeah. So, in this case, it is acceptable to... Jesus. It is acceptable to take what you want by force. And sometimes it's even worthy of praise, depending on what you take and who you take it from. Fair. Yeah. Like, if, say, a certain hated 
Uh, <laughs> Commander is walking through. Hated? I I think you mean loved. Beloved. She's the best. So I'm referencing our uh, the commander drovist of Fort Inevitable, who was, I would say, our main antagonist in our campaign. <laughs> our main antagonist, our sometimes employer. Lewin's um, love interest. No, she wasn't One my... Of. She wasn't my character's love interest. She just wanted her to step on her. That's all. Hmm. <laughs> so anyway, let's say a ruler is... Uh, a ruler with a bad rep with other nations is out and around. If a ba- bandit were to take something important from them, like the other, the other like uh, city states would probably be like, "Yeah, good job." Pretty yeah. much. Like you could go around boasting about it, and everyone would just be like, "Holy shit, good cool. job, dude!" Yeah, but like maybe you like, you know kill a kid and take their candy and they're like well there's nothing wrong with that but that's kind of lame that was that was real shitty dude it's a little fucked up but i mean you got the candy i guess so yeah they're like that's kind of lame but there's nothing wrong with it so there is actually also something that's uh kind of like a council it's called the outlaw council (laughs) i like it already (laughs) oh my god yeah so this is kind of funny um in a place like this, you wouldn't think a council would exist of kind of any sort. Well, we just slap the label outlaw on it and that makes it okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of an outlaw council. And I can't wait to discuss this because it's kind of interesting. But we're going to take our break first. Damn it. I knew okay. it. Hey, everyone. Just going to hop in here from our break from our first Pathfinder episode. Ooh. And plug our usual stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, got to do our thing. We've lost the path for a moment here, so we'll just be here. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Dungeonpedia. We have the same handle everywhere. So far. So far. Um, you can email us comments, questions, concerns, topic, ideas at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to us wherever you like, pretty much. We're on most major platforms and if we are not you can usually find something to just copy our rss feed onto so anywhere you want to listen to us you can go ahead and do that and you'll get notifications on new episodes remember to rate and review us on wherever you can i know not every app will allow you to do that but thank you guys so much for the ones that you have thank you you're very kind continue to spread the word tell your friends just you know. get, help us get out there so we can continue to make this an even better production. Because yeah. we are growing. Yay! Yay. It's crazy. Um, big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for the use of our theme song, Blacksmith. And with that, there shall be no further ado, and we're just going to go back to learn more about the River Kingdom. <gasps> Guys, we found the path again. Alright, I need to know more. I need to know anything about this outlaw council, to be perfectly honest. I feel like I already have a pretty good image, but like... Yes. I mean, I have a good image, but I want to know. The Outlaw Council. So, this council is made up of, and it literally just said, free men and women of the River Kingdoms. There's, like, no specific names, no, like, higher noble or what have you. It's just a group of free men and women from the River Kingdoms. They gather once a year in Daggermark. Daggermark was actually a city that I took. I didn't make that one up. Okay. I messed with its layout just a little bit, but... It's, it's still pretty cool. I just kind of did that. Um, so they come to Daggermark to argue, fight, and plan how to keep their freedom for another year. I love it. This okay. includes discussions 
of which neighbors to call for and air quote tribute. Okay. <laughs> and which to simply leave alone. So which to like tax more or tax less or extort or however they plan to get Wait, this money from. I thought they didn't like taxes. They don't like high taxes. And specifically, Fort Inevitable has a higher tax rate than most places. Well, no, I... Hmm. Okay. So, like, they don't like taxes, but, like... Well, they also don't like slavery, but... I feel like it's one of those things. They don't like taxes and they don't like slavery, but, like, sometimes it just happens. And (laughs) I will say, it didn't specifically say tax. I'm just kind of guessing what tribute could mean, whether it be taxes or extortion. Or taking a bunch of their children and making them fight. Bribery Whoa. or what have you. <laughs> We're going old school. Uh, like, that's an old reference. Yeah, that's a... Well, not that old, actually. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what the Outlaw Council is. There's not a whole lot more about them. It's just this big group of people that come to Daggermark to argue and fight about what they're going to do what to make sure... Sucks. What the what fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> How did your... What? What did your phone think that, that that we needed? I resemble that remark, apparently. Oh, she's part of the Outlaw Council. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Google's part of the Outlaw Council. Is this the Outlaw Council? This is the Outlaw Council. All okay, right, guys. Well, square thanks, up. Thanks for the interruption, Google. Anyway. anyway. I did not. Okay, whatever. See, You're acting a little bit like Siri, and that's not okay. Scurry. Or Alexa. Or Alexa. Or really any of them. Yeah, they're all interrupting. Anyways. So, anyway, um, that's kind of what the Outlaw Council does, is they just try to make sure that the River Kingdoms stay free. Stay free. I by, just, I guess, whatever means necessary. I'm just imagining that, like, <clears throat> every... I wonder if even at a certain point, there's not even, like, a pretense. Like... Because I, I feel like some some meetings, like, they start off, like, trying to be legit. Like, oh, hey... You know, uh, Cedric's group of bandits have been getting real frisky lately. We need to maybe, like, do something about that. And then, like, Cedric's second cousin is there. And he's like, hey, fuck you. And just, like, punches the other person in the face. And then they brawl for, like, 30 minutes until they get tired. But, like, at what point is there no pretense? I'm guessing, like, at least maybe the third day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like at some point they just walk in, just immediately start fighting. Just... They just, like, lock eyes with, like, one person they really hate from across the room, and it's just like, Hey, on. I know that remark was about me yesterday. <laughs> I I resemble that remark. Just <laughs> fucking decks the other person. It's like, all right. That's all right, cool. then. Daggermark is actually seen as the most successful city-state in the kingdoms. Huh. Mostly hmm. due to how large it is. Ah. Uh... And because they have an underground assassin's guild. Oh. A very highly successful and respected Assassin's Guild. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen often. No. So the Assassin's Guild is kind of the reason why order, I say in a very loose term, is kept. Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones that are hired out to go kill anyone that's causing too much of a ruckus or potential traitors to other nations or bordering mm-hmm. neighbors see and that's interesting and also oh shit i just hit my mic <gasps> we'll it's, see how it's that a sounds. good day great job guys great and job. 
And also, they have a very highly skilled Poisoner's Guild. Ah. See, okay, those are some very interesting things here. That, like, to me, and this isn't me being critical of, like, anyone who designed this, but I think it's really interesting because you would think that, like, an Assassin's Guild and, like, a Poisoner's Guild would kind of, like, goes against the whole thing. Yeah. Because there's so much, like, there's emphasis in, like, the six freedom tenants. I forget what the real name was. About, like... The six freedoms. Thank you. I six thought river were, freedoms. Thank you. Thank you, Travis. That, like... There was such a heavy emphasis on, like, you know, like, if you're going to steal from someone, you're going to, like, mug that person. You're not just going to, like, pick their pocket or break into their house. So it it feels like utilizing, like, like assassins and, like, poison especially. Because, you know, you you get, like, people say that, like, poison is, like, the lowliest kind of form that you can kill someone. Yeah. Like, seems very antithetical to... The really freedoms. everything else they're about. It, it's just, it's kind of interesting, I guess. Like, And that's not me being critical. That's me, like, thinking that it's kind of cool that there's, like, these elements at play in this society that I feel like are hypocritical to their, like, quote-unquote values. Right. But that's also, like, how a lot of societies are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that just exists. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing... So this is my thoughts on the thing. Somebody likes it, whether that that's the common people or the rulers means to be seen. Somebody likes it because it's effective for them. Yeah. Now, whether that means that they are nipping people in the bud who are hurting the common people or they are nipping people in the bud that are hurting uh, rulers' profits and, like, power. Yeah, just their own, like, political enemies. Yeah, like, that is... Up for interpretation, I assume. Right. But either way, it's working for somebody, so they're willing to turn a blind eye to that. That's kind of how I feel. And Mm -hmm. also, if this helps you any, as far as the use of poisons and stuff and why their assassins favor the poisons, I actually had to look it up just now just to double check. But basically, it's because they believe that only amateurs leave behind an obvious cause of death. If you're a hired assassin... You don't want people to know that they just got stabbed. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So it could be a simple uh, poison of a drink or poison of a meat. Because I guess they don't do toxicology. Yeah. (laughs) Not quite. You would probably have to have someone on hand with a detect poison spell and know where to look. (laughs) And like, why would you pick that when you could pick like fireball or something? Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) God. Fucking fireball. Fucking fireball. Okay, but Pathfinder and Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> corners who have all these like detect poison, detect <gasps> magic, uh, animate dead spells, <gasps> hmm. character concept, or talk to the dead rather. Yeah, speak with not dead. animate dead. Yeah, speak with dead. Thank you. I mean, speak you can also dead. animate the dead. True, but that's a little. That bit feels like a conflict of interest. <laughs> like when you go to be like a fantasy coroner, that's like on your job application. Like, have you ever been convicted of necromancy, necromancy <laughs> related crimes? And like, no. if you click yes, it just automatically rejects your application. It's <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. It was when I was a teenager. Like I was in college. Everyone experiments with necromancy in college. Come on. <laughs> that's just the accepted thing. Is necromancy is what is experienced i mean no one talks about it but it happens every kid goes through a necromancy phase some people just never get out of it (laughs) 
so like I just have kind of talked a little bit about like the lands itself, but the River Kingdoms are actually split into more than two dozen like sovereign realms. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, the city states. Yeah, each having their own different rulers and temperaments and laws and styles customs and customs and, and what have you, depending on where the ruler at the time has come from. Because yeah, what again, there's a lot of one ruler steps up and in a month's time they're assassinated and another one takes over and then mm-hmm. another one takes over. Right. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's lawless in a sense. Lawless. Mm-hmm. Lawless. It has some laws, but also, it has, oh no, another leader got assassinated. Uh, oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> Is this new one going to be good or worse for the first 30 days that And then two months later, rule? it's like, oh, hey, remember that first guy? <laughs> that was weird. He's been replaced with an imposter for like weeks now. It's crazy. Like, I don't understand what's going on, but whatever. I'm living, so. And the tax rate's not too high. Yeah. It's not like that damned fort inevitable. <laughs> yeah. We don't did you have know they slaves. Keep, yeah, did you know they keep slaves there? That's, That's barbaric. That's yeah. an abomination. Like, I mean, there's nothing, like, I can do about it, so I just kind of try to put it out of my mind, but, like, God, that's distasteful. And I love this particular phrasing. So, monstrous and magical threats occur with alarming frequency. <laughs> So, uh, monstrous and magical threats apparently happen all the fucking time. I feel like it's, again, one of those things where someone's just like, is that a band of ogres? Okay. Oh, God. I, all right. All right. I guess this is going to be my weekend now. All right. <sighs> Everyone get ready. Here we go. Again. Oh, God. That... Say bye to your wives. Aw. Oh, God. That evil wizard guy uh, has been impersonating the... The ruler of this different city-state. Just mm. like he did that other one a few weeks ago. Fuck. <laughs> so it. it. really is kind of like, no offense to any Australian listeners, the Australia of... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what, what's the name of the planet again? Galorian? Galorian. It's the Australia of Galorian. Yeah. Except, Except like, I would say even Mad, like Mad Maxi a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and instead of being in like... The southeast. This is in, like, the northeastern part of the world. Okay. So, it's, like, positioned where, like, Russia is, only it acts like it's fucking Australia. I mean, Russia's a little crazy, <clears throat> too. Sometimes. Yeah, that's... Have you ever seen dash cams? Yes. <laughs> Russians do not know how to drive that well, it seems. Or I mean... maybe their laws are just vastly different, and it's, like... If the person's not moving, just run them over. I don't know. Hey, I mean, <laughs> that sounds like something that would go in the River Kingdom. <laughs> that does sound like something. If the carriage in front of you is stalled for more than five minutes, you're allowed to just plow through them. Just push them off the side of the road and leave them. It's fine. Yeah, pedestrians don't have the right of way. Everyone else has the right of way. <laughs> everyone, that's the thing, though. Everyone has the right of way. Everyone has the right yeah. of way. It's just whoever comes out on top is like, oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> um, can you guys guess what religion is like in the River Kingdoms? Yes. Sparse and, yes. like, varied? Precisely. Yes. Oh. So, as far as the religion goes, yeah, there's not really any particular one. 
Uh, much like the rulers, you know, it changes from place to place. Right. You have one person that worships this, one ruler that decides to worship this. But see, the thing is, none of the rulers force their religion on their people. Yeah, because I don't feel like that would go over well. No, that's a recipe for, hey, assassinate me. Yeah, yeah. like that's literally like, <laughs> hey... So, yeah, it's it sounds like a place that would not only have a lot of religious freedom, but value it greatly. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to that fact, there are apparently very many and estranged weird cults <laughs> that spread throughout the lands, yep. and yeah. uh, most people just tend to leave them alone. Because <laughs> they're just like, I mean, I don't want to worship whatever the fuck you're worshipping, but that's cool, just don't murder me in the process. If you're not hurting me, that's fine. Keep it in your basement. (laughs) Yeah, just keep it in your basement, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, Gorum and Kalistria are two of the more, like, typical ones that people seem to, like, turn to. Okay. Desna is another one that is more uh, worshipped for the optimists. Uh, My character, (laughs) and actually several characters in our campaign, worshipped Desna. Yeah, you guys all seem to win for Desna, and you were all very optimistic. I mean... I I wouldn't call Drella optimistic. She was optimistic. She saw the best in people. Okay, I would say that Drella was not optimistic, but Drella was positive. Yes. My... Okay... I picked, not to like throw Becca, who played with us, under the bus, but I picked Desna first, and then I I made a number of NPCs who also uh, worship Desna for, you know, related to my character reasons. I mean, yeah, your backstory involved a lot of Desna worshippers. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) And my character worshipped an unestablished writhing mass of tentacles. (laughs) She she played a witch because the uh, yeah I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and just talk about my character's backstory but it's funny it, yeah yeah <laughs> that we have Desna and then tentacles tentacles now there are two gods that are present in the river kingdoms that are not present anywhere else Ooh. okay I'm curious uh, one of them is Hansbur the water rat cool and uh, Garona the angry hag cool. Also cool. Uh, Hansper is more of um, a river god, if you couldn't tell by the water river, rat thing. Water wa- rat. <laughs> water rat. Water rat. The, yeah. <laughs> the water rat? I t- um, Hansper reigns over chaos, death, travel, and the water domains. Cool. Okay, I had the most visceral image of uh, plague rats, actually. I have an image of a Dark Souls boss. Oh, okay. Well, I was thinking like the Black Plague and rats and stuff because they well, traveled. Well, I mean, to yeah. be fair, that's essentially what I'm thinking of, just big. Oops. Oh, oh God. Hunsper. Fuck our mic. Okay. So it's kind of just, okay, so the symbol is kind of just a rat floating on water with some sunbeams behind, sunbeams yeah. behind him. <gasps> He's a literal rat. Jesus rat. Je- Jesus, he's wa- Jesus he's, rat. He's walking on water yeah. in the symbol. like. It's not even just like he's against a backdrop. He's walking on water. He is Jesus Rat. Jesus Rat. He is Jesus Rat. All praise Jesus Rat. And then uh, Garona. The hag. The angry hag. The angry oh, hag. You, I, forget, I forgot what the adjective yeah. was. That's a good one, though. Uh, she is the goddess of hatred, extortion, and spite. Hell Yeah. And reigns over the chaos, destruction, evil, and madness domains. Hell I like yeah. it. 
And uh, her symbol is literally just like this eye, like a pretty detailed eyeball. Oh, yeah, like oh, with uh, bloody like, veins. It looks like she hasn't slept in about six millennia. Yeah, uh, she hasn't. <laughs> Dang. Kind of waterlogged in appearance, almost like the Solara, the white part is kind of bluish. Gross. Yeah. Um, so those are the two that are just kind of not, you know. Common? Common. Anywhere else. Anywhere. Dang. Huh. Yeah. So they're they're basically kind of like cults, aren't they? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people fear anyone that, like, worships Garona, like, her and her clergy, because they're all just fucking crazy. What domains was she over? Uh, she was over hatred, extortion, and spite. Yeah, yeah. Well, those aren't those aren't the domains, though, are they? Because you oh, said no. one of them uh, was madness. Chaos, destruction, evil, and madness. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, I was looking at the wrong thing there. Her portfolio. Yeah. I mean the the first the first set of words is also very evocative. Yeah. So either way, I like the rat. The rat was nice. I I mean, other I'm than still evil, I think. Like but. I seriously, there there's something about it that just makes me think like there was a plague associated with that rat. Oh, what if it's like a rat king? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, See, to our viewers, do not look up rat king or you do will, you will regret it. Or do. Unless you already know what it is, in which case, I'm sorry. But please, please don't Google Rat King. Trust me. Or do. It's your it's your life. Whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so it turns out Garona and her uh hold on, what the hell? Black sisters? The black sisters of Garona. Mm-hmm. Could have thought about that name, but are blamed for causing the downfall of Hybar, which was a Town and the River Kingdoms. Okay. Good name. <laughs> so if that gives you any sort of inclination as to what exactly her people do. I mean, they, that seems like that, very much like what their Emma would be. Yeah, and yeah. also it is kind of he said, she said. Yeah. Mm, I mean, isn't all religion he said, she said? Fair. Yeah. And then everybody from there moved to the town of Lobar. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lowbrow joke. Listen, All right, that's... I'm done. Nope, we're ending the podcast. It's over. Done. <laughs> Every day. Laptop is closed. I'm done with both of y'all. Listen, you know, I do you guys a great service by just lowering the bar more and more so you <laughs> sound even funnier. But no, to be to be real, though, that was all I had for this particular, <laughs> this particular episode. episode. Okay. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> I was doing that to be dramatic, but I was also doing that because that's. Okay. Okay. Because okay, I, I, was, I was waiting to have to come back and be like, okay, I opened my laptop again, but. I have like two paragraphs left to go through. And it's, oh God, it's taking too long to log back in. Oh no. Oh God. No. Um. <laughs> That, that was kind of it. Like I said, just kind of a brief setup. setup of the River Kingdoms because there's quite a lot of interesting things that have happened within the well, River Kingdoms. Well, and you Kingdoms. said that, yeah. that there were like two dozen discrete like, yeah, like sovereigns. Yeah, so there's Jesus. quite a lot that I'll be able to cover from that too. So hopefully some of our D&D specific fans will be okay with some pathfinder disbursements throughout our releases yeah Yeah, and and like like we'll we'll probably tell you at the beginning well i say that we will definitely tell you at the beginning of each episode if it's a pathfinder episode so like if you really don't want to listen to the pathfinder 
to the Pathfinder episodes, that's totally fine. Like, yeah, if you just, I totally, I definitely understand. But we will have, we'll continue to have Dungeons and Dragons episodes. That is the focus of this podcast. We just mm-hmm. wanted to branch out a little bit, right? And we had a specific, not a request, but an inquiry if we were going to do Pathfinder things because we talked about it occasionally, mm-hmm. and right. We thought about it, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That could be fun, especially because we'll get to look at how the world was actually supposed to be rather than how I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I did enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, and no, it was real good. Um, and it makes me feel comfortable to do a Warhammer 40K episode next week. Just kidding. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We're not even going to touch that. No. At least not yet. <laughs> Mm. No, 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 not no. no, not not on this. No, I on mean, this platform. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you uh, stuck stuck it out for the whole episode, uh, I say that it wasn't a bad episode. We we just we had a lot of uh, little um, kept hitting our mics, that kind of thing. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't just, know how we beat the crap. Out well, of I mics. mean, I did kind of move my mic a little closer to me, but I we just couldn't. Yeah, and like, and you know, and if you if you listen to the whole thing and you weren't feeling too sure about whether or not you wanted to listen to a po- a Pathfinder episode, yeah, you know, well, thank you. I mean, and you know, even if you're like, oh hell yeah, I love Pathfinder, and still thank you for listening to the episode. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, always um, thank you for listening. Yeah, if you actually have played Pathfinder and have something specific that you, you want us to cover, yeah, email us. Wikipedia.podcast uh, at gmail.com. You know, that lovely thing yep. that we uh, plug in every time. Email yeah. us there. Yeah. Yeah, that one. And also, our don't forget to follow us and contact us if you want on our various social media platforms. At Dungeonpedia. All of them. Yeah. Are at Dungeonpedia. <laughs> Very yes. easy to find. And finally, don't forget to just tell your friends, especially if they like Pathfinder, they might yeah. really enjoy this episode. I, I know that there are people who... Don't have any interest in playing like newer editions of D anD D, but they really like Pathfinder. They love big numbers. <laughs> yeah, because Pathfinder is full of big numbers. Yes. But thank you guys once again for listening, and we're gonna catch you next week with another Dungeons and Dragons specific episode here on Dungeonpedia. Pathpedia. No. Mm. Finderpedia. <laughs> <laughs>